Hey, everybody, and welcome to At The iFreak Show. Today on our panel, we have Andrew Madsen. Hello from Salt Lake City. I'm James Uber from very warm Minneapolis. Today, we have a guest, Bob Snyder. Hi, I'm from Seattle. So, yeah, Andrew and I had a chance to check out Bob speak at the, not the Cocoa Heads, what, what, what's the group in Seattle? Uh, the Seattle Xcoders. Xcoders, that's right. You've got a unique name. Can you tell so us well, why why you're called Xcoders instead of Cocoa Heads? Oh, you know, I have no idea. I, I can tell you that it's an old group that's been around for quite a long time as far as, uh, you know, uh, as far as iOS development goes, so about 14 years. Uh, but I don't, I couldn't tell you why they're called Xcoders over uh, Cocoa. Maybe they pre. So I, I, I think that's actually how it worked. I was hanging out with some of the, the group afterwards, and one of the old timers was like, "I think there was no cokeheads was not a thing at that point, or they just made up their own name." But they've had it for a while, and they're running with it. So hello, Seattle X coders. But we had Bob on, um, or he he was one of the presenters, and he was talking about Vapor, which is a, a server side Swift framework and we haven't talked about that so i thought he'd be a cool guest to have on the show so can you tell us a little bit about vapor yeah vapor is a server-side uh, swift framework it is fairly new i mean it's all server-side swift frameworks are but yeah it came out almost i think two months after maybe even shorter than that after uh, swift came became open source uh, right now they just i think a couple of weeks ago they just released uh, vapor 2.0 and it is it is quite impressive. Uh, a big big jump from uh, 1.5 to 2.0. So, what type of projects would you do with Vapor? Or can you tell us how you got you got involved with Vapor? Honestly, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I got involved. I can't remember. But I remember that when I did find out about it, I kind of just jumped all over it. Um, Vapor is it, it takes advantage of Swift, um, which uh, if you I mean, all the beautiful things that hopefully we all love about Swift. It has protocols. Uh, it's type safe. You have uh, just an incredible performance uh, as compared to uh, Objective-C. And, and definitely when it comes to uh, other languages like JavaScript, it, it really it, it proves itself quite quickly. So once I, once I started playing around with it, I, I kind of realized that this is definitely the future um, and, and you know, it, take, it deserves more attention. So had you done like, back-end development before? Before Vapor? Yeah, a little bit. I went to a, I, I'm a former graphic designer. I went to a boot camp uh, last year and I kind of made that career shift. And what they focused on was Python and Mean, and they had a, uh, an iOS uh, course, uh, but that was definitely all front end uh, for apps. And of course, I jumped on Swift because it's amazing. But I do have experience in Python. Um, right now, actually, what I do is uh, I'm, a, I'm a developer, a full-stack developer uh, for a startup called Crew. And I work on Objective-C and Python, uh, Python Django uh, for the back end. And I, I can't tell you how much I would just love to be able to scrap both Objective-C and Python and just do everything in Swift. And I think we're getting to that point. Like right now, you can deploy and you can build and you have a, you can have a production-ready uh, server-side Swift application. But it's probably still... You probably would really want to keep it for smaller projects to mid-sized projects. It's not quite enterprise level yet, um, but I do think it will be soon. Okay. So as a relatively newer developer, what do you like about Swift versus, say, Python? Well, besides the curly brackets, which are amazing, uh, but that's, that's just, uh, you know, just semantics. Uh, but I love protocols. I don't know how much people love protocols, but I personally love protocols and, and I love uh, Swift protocols because uh, I understand that if you're a backend developer, you might think of protocols as web protocols. I'm thinking, talking about something different. 
Um, I'm talking about Swift protocols in the sense that you can apply pretty much different attributes to a class. And working with Xcode and protocols, it allows you to really give yourself good practices just as you're building applications. And I personally love uh, the idea of you being type safe. So when it comes to actually making my variables, knowing that I'm, I'm keeping to the same type uh, of values is, is very important. I mean, and, it's, and that's actually one of the reasons why the performance is, is able to be better than something like JavaScript that isn't type safe uh, or, or type specific uh, is because JavaScript, the first thing it does whenever it touches any variable is going to say, hey, what do I need to do with this variable and how do I interact with whatever you're, you're trying to do it? But with a type safe environment, uh, that is something that they already can know. So what type of stuff have you done with Vapor? Well, I have a project that I was working on uh, with a friend of mine, and we were going to make it uh, open source, but it's actually kind of working out well. It's called Witfight. It's just a web-based application where we, I think we're going to we're going we're to try and make it a full a uh, full project for people to use. But it's it's just a goofy thing where you just you insult your friends, and then they insult you back, and it goes back and forth. But it also has no comments, so it kind of tries to alleviate, you know, uh, with some level of toxicity to it. But in doing that, what it allowed me to really explore is how easy it is to set up relationships uh, for your database inside Swift versus something else uh, like Python. Um, uh, the, the the structure of uh, – is it right if I just jump into the structure of Vapor? Go for it. Got how it works? Okay. The, the structure of Vapor is um, – you have three basic things that you kind of have to focus on. You have the droplet, which is pretty much your entire application. Uh, it's where everything comes down to is that is your server. Um, everything else just kind of relates to that. And then you have the vapor nodes, which are going to be kind of like your central point for all of your data types. Because one big, th I mean, the real premise of a server is to have information that you take from outside. You get requests, you process them, and most of the time that you're sending it to a database or, or returning it without going to a database. And each one of those parts to this uh, environment generally takes a lot of interaction to get information uh, from one piece to the next. Uh, and that's what Vapor Nodes kind of comes uh, into play. And it makes, it makes using that data very easy. Um, so once you get so it, what, what, what's, what's an example of a node? Um, uh, a node is a it, it is a class, uh, but it has a class that has a bunch of protocols built on top of it um, that say, "Hey, this is what you have to give me in order for this to work." Uh, so, like, if you want to have uh, you if you want to return a JSON uh, object from a request that you got. Um, you can immediately just spit out a JSON object if you wanted to, but if you actually want to use uh, information you want, uh, you, you get from outside, then you take it, you get some information from the database, um, and then you, you need to convert it to a node. And once you do that, then you can spit it out in any format that you want. If you wanted to spit it into JSON, you could. So it's, it's basically like a converter piece uh, that takes pretty much, uh, it, if you get it to the node position, then it can return it in, in almost any format uh, that you will need inside of Vapor. Okay, so node is like the base data type that you use to send data back and forth, even if it's over as a response or two different parts of it? Well, you, you will be returning a JSON file, but node is basically its way of interpreting the, the data type. If that, that, I think that probably is a bit confusing. So let's talk about like what's a different example of a node. So if we wanted to return JSON or something else, XML or whatever, we would use a node and modify it somehow. Are there other uses for nodes? Well, I mean, that's like, that's, 
converting data is pretty much the majority of what you do on a server. Uh, so it's, that's a lot. But yeah, so the, the nodes interact with Fluent, which is also kind of a conversion thing for which it allows Vapor to communicate with whatever data, um, database that you're using. So it makes it easy to go from Vapor into a uh, MySQL database versus a Postgres database, or even a MongoDB, whichever one you want. Fluent has is basically a coupling into whatever uh, profile you want to attach into it. So Fluent is what you use to get data out of a database? Fluent is what, yes, exactly. Well, you use that to communicate with a profile of your database. Um, so when, when you, if you have a, a standard... If you just have a basic uh, server, what you're going to have is you're going to have the, the, the droplet, you're going to have your information that you want to get into a node, uh, and then you're going to be able to send that information to Fluent, and then Fluent will communicate with a another piece uh, that is your, your profile of the database, and then that will send it on to the actual database. And that sounds confusing, but it's actually very, very simple, because if you need to change out, um, or if you, if, you're, if you want to change what database you're using, you can do that without changing Fluent, without changing nodes, uh, or the droplet. All you have to do is change out your profile at the back end. Okay, would you call Fluent a ORM, Object Relational Mapper? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, even if it's Mongo, which doesn't really do that, but uh, I um, guess it would too. It was just different, not 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 SQL like. But okay, you also talked about uh, droplets. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is? Basically, whenever you spin up a, a server, it you have what is your your, your server instance, uh, and that is your your server instance. Droplets, as Vapor has them, has a bunch of different packages that are pulled into it that make things very easy to use uh, that are built into to the Vapor uh, uh, library. So in my in my experience with Vapor, which is really limited, but the, the droplet is the thing you create. It's you, you instantiate one of those and that's the web server and has the where you can attach handlers for different URLs, you know, for routing to it and a bunch of other stuff. So it seems like it's sort of the, the top level thing in the same way that, for example, a, I don't know, maybe UI application is in an iOS app or something. Uh, that's exactly uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, that is exactly what it is. It is a top-level uh, application uh, for which everything else goes through. And actually, between 1.5 and 2, they they made some improvements to the structure of it as well. Basically, in this, in 1.5, they kind of had a lot of things inside of their their main uh, .swift file, which is pretty much where you configure your server. And and now I think it's really down to what. Six lines of code. And now it's down to like six lines of code, um, and they have everything partitioned out. Uh, so now you have a routes f- uh, file, which I mean you could do quite easily on your own before, but um, they they they've changed the architecture to where everything is is uh, separated quite neatly. So that's actually a point about Vapor. I don't know how it compares to some of the other server side Swift frameworks that are out there, but I, it seems like Vapor is really really super modular, and a lot of the stuff that comes with Vapor, like. Fluent and Node, and there's other stuff that I don't even know about. There's kind of this whole package of libraries that are part of Vapor. You don't even necessarily have to use all those together. It seems like even if you're if you're using you know some other server side Swift framework, you could actually still pull stuff in from from the Vapor ecosystem if you really wanted to. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true, and that's that is the 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 one reason why I think Vapor is going to kind of outlast. A lot of the other uh, frameworks is because of the fact that you don't really have to use almost any part of it. You can put in whichever one you want. There are 
there, there's even there's support for adding Katura as your, your, your web engine if you wanted to. And, and that's, I, I think the thing that really pulls it apart. Um, and it also allows it to add in or not add in whichever tools that you need. Like if you're doing just a, an API for, for an iPhone, uh, or for any uh, mobile device, uh, you don't really need a, a, a HTML uh, a web interface. You can just not even have it inside of your your platform uh, if you didn't want it to. Uh, but but then again, you, you could. So everything is is modular, and in being that it's modular, it's allowed them to keep adding and adding a lot of new tools uh, that go beyond that. They have a templating engine called Leaf, uh, which is it, it's very easy to use, but uh, I've seen a, a couple tutorials out there. Ray uh, Ray Wenderlich has a couple good tutorials out there, and he uses uh, Skeleton for his uh, Vapor tutorials. You know, it's just that idea of being able to use which part uh, of Vapor that you want is is uh, is, is a real advantage. Who's behind Vapor? Who's because if you look at the work they've done, there's a whole whole lot there. Especially, I mean, just the the number of packages that are part of Vapor is impressive. Um, I'm kind of curious to know. Who's driving that and how these people have so much time? (laughs) (laughs) Vapor, the group Vapor is funded by, I'm not sure how to describe what they do, but there's a company that I guess they're just a a freelance uh, app uh, developer. Uh, They're called Node and they're based out of London. And they've been financing uh, the Vapor project for uh, not not necessarily from the beginning, but quite uh, quite early on uh, inside of it. But it was created by Tanner Nelson and Logan Wright uh, originally, and I, guess, I think they're both still uh, head, heading it up. Uh, they're hopefully, I mean, hopefully they're getting some some money off of this because they're doing a, a very good job. I think they, uh, they definitely deserve it. Okay, so there is some money behind this at this point, which is there. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. There is some money behind it, but there's also a community behind it um, that's pretty active. I mean, if you guys go into their Slack channel, it's yeah, it's very active. There's, I, I think there's usually generally about three to four hundred posts a day um, in each of their little channels. It uh, definitely has community support, and and I don't know, I haven't checked uh, in a while, but uh, Vapor was for a while uh, the, the number one, the Swift package manager, the most used uh, package. That's interesting. That actually brings up a point that I wanted to get into, which is the tools. So Vapor uses the Swift package manager for for package management. Is that true? Um. Yep. And then how, how do you actually, you know, say you start up a brand new Vapor project. What does that look like? How do you create a new Vapor project? What kind of tools are you using to write it, et cetera? Well, I mean, it's really simple. If you can break into a terminal and you, uh, well, you have to download uh, Vapor. But it's, it's, really, it's really as simple as a, a Vapor. Uh, there's a command line that you just say, hey, Vapor, create a new project. And in 2.0, they, they, they require that you ask for a template for which you have the option of saying, hey, I want an API template, I want a, a web template. I will say, though, it's kind of hit or miss if this actually pulls the information from the template. A lot of times it's just going to create the same one. So they're, 2.0 is still new, so they're, they're working out the bugs. But that's definitely the direction they're going to be able to make everything customizable from the get-go. But yeah, you just you have one command line once you have Vapor and, and uh, installed, and it builds, it constructs a, a framework for you. Now, you do have to do one more thing saying Vapor Xcode, and it'll create uh, your Xcode build file. Um, and then you can just open that up. And uh, and yeah, then it just, you just you use an Xcode as normal. And if you uh, check on the uh, the run schema to uh, to my Mac, you can just have it run as a server straight through Xcode. Cool. So, so I had a question. Use Xcode for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had, a, I had a question about the because I downloaded a project and I was playing with it over the past couple of days, and 
the, the fact that you had to do a, run a, a command line art program to create your Xcode project was, was kind of weird to me. Do you know why that is? Why is it not just checked in? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, for me, doing backend stuff, it was pretty... I, I didn't really question it. That's just kind of what I expected. So no, I, I'm not sure uh, why they went this route. Okay. I, I suppose it could be that not everyone's using Xcode. You could use any other editor, so you may not be using Xcode. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you don't have to use Xcode. Um, it's just more of a convenience that they added the Xcode part to it. It seems like also the fact... I, I don't know, this is really nebulous, but the fact that Xcode still doesn't integrate the Swift Package Manager means that if they're going to use Swift Package Manager for package management and building, they can't do everything in Xcode. I think Swift Package Manager can generate Xcode projects, and maybe that's what they're using, though. Possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It, it seemed actually quite normal to me that it's a command line thing, and then it generates an Xcode project, and that's sort of how you do things. Because kind of how else would it work? I mean... There's no template in Xcode for a Vapor project. No, no. And, and I really doubt that'll ever happen. I, uh, I think Apple wants to keep more general uh, in, in their tools well, just so they can hit everything. Yeah, so. and they have a partnership with IBM. So if any, oh. <laughs> if anybody was going to get it, it would be Katura. Well, I, I don't think IBM really cares about it actually being Katura. I think they just want to, uh, you know what, never mind. I shouldn't speculate. This is absolute speculation. I don't know anything about IBM's intentions. Please don't sue me. Um, but I mean, you know, they're, they would like this to succeed, I'm sure, but I think they want people to use their servers. And I think if you're able to use Vapor on their server, I don't think they'd be too upset that you're not using Katura. Oh, I think you're, I actually think you're right. That's a good point. IBM's not in it to get their framework, make their, their framework successful. They want people using their services and paying for them. IBM, yeah. the Swift framework company. <laughs> well, I mean, it's definitely a positive you know, exchange of skills between IBM and, and Apple, uh, regardless of what the outcome is. I'm sure IBM and Apple want to maintain a, a good relationship, and this is one way of doing that. So. It's been a long time since Steve Jobs was flipping off the IBM sign. This is true. Well, you know, they're under new management, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so is Apple. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's sad. <laughs> oh, so I didn't, one thing I didn't that, mean that to be sad. But yes, it is yeah. sad. So one thing that always can drag a framework back is the ecosystem of tools around it. You know, if, you, if you're creating a web service, you talk about templating, so you can do your HTML if you want to do that. But if you're returning JSON, you can do that. But what about things like validation, authentication, that type of thing? How how is support for that in Vapor? Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's the that's one of the more fun tools. Uh, validation is probably my most. Uh, I have the most enthusiasm for the validation tools. It's not that you can't do it other ways, but they have this really easy to use validation tool that takes full advantage of uh, Swift's protocols. You know, I, I'm just all for Swift protocols. So the more they use it, the better. Which is one of the reasons why I love their model system because it's heavily based on protocols. Uh, but the Swift validation is just so easy. You can you can just say, hey, I just want to check to see if it's an email. Hey, I want to check if such and such and such, whatever uh, you want. And but then again, if you want to really um, customize it, you can get into the nitty gritty about validation on. Uh, does this have three C's? Does this have uh, any set number of things that you're looking for? And then that's just the most fun tool that I've, I've found personally. But I mean, that could just be that could just be me. The authentication is also there. It helps you uh, be able to connect securely with uh, your users. And uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it's a really good tool. I, I wish I had more to say about it, but it just works kind of well. And then of course, there's it has WebSockets, which uh, I don't know. I, I, I love WebSockets. 
Um, I, I haven't actually used it in, uh, in, in Swift Vapor yet, so I really shouldn't talk too much about it. But I, I see that it, it does have support for it. Um, it's not in their, um, their 2.0 docs, but the, uh, the 1.5 uh, WebSocket tools are still uh, compatible with uh, Vapor 2.0. Uh, there's also command line tools, which, I mean, you can do that in Python, you can do that in pretty much any language, um, but the fact that they make it so easy to use, um, I, I think that's just an extra little, you know, sprinkle on top. So if you wanted to get, to get started with a Hacking on Vapor, are there some example projects you can look at that are good for learning? Um, well, there's one that's live right now uh, that you can go see. Actually, uh, Ben Sherman of uh, NS Screencast uh, dot com. Uh, who does iFreaks panelist? Former iFreaks. Oh, I didn't. Host. Yep. I didn't know that. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> he he built uh, nsdateformatter.com, which is live right now and is using Swift 2.0. I he sent me an email. Uh, we I guess it's kind of clunky. Uh, we we I guess we talked about uh, a little bit about his experience, and um, he said he had a real problem uh, deploying uh, the original versions of Vapor. But with 2.0, there's not really, he didn't have a problem at all. Uh, it was a really smooth deployment. But actually recently, I think this, like just a couple days ago, I found a, um, a new medium post that helps people walk through, uh, deploying a vapor app using Nginx and, uh, and supervisor, using Nginx and supervisor, uh, to an Ubuntu server, uh, which is, I think, what most people want to try and target to be able to deploy to Ubuntu. Um, I think that's the most common use case for, for startups, uh, just, because, you know, it's Ubuntu, Linux. So I know nothing about web app deployment. I've got a web app that I run that I deployed, but I used Heroku, which makes it super easy. And I wonder what kind of support there is for that kind of stuff where you're using, I don't know what you call it, sort of those those kind of Heroku style, super easy deployment. You don't have to care about the server side stuff at all. You just sort of push your Git repository to this service and it figures out what it is and how to spin it up and how to run it and do all that for you. Is there any support for that kind of stuff with with Swift the way there is for Node or Rails or any of the other really popular web frameworks? Yeah, uh, Vapor does have uh, support for Heroku. Um, the, the And it's actually, that was one of the first uh, deployment options that they had. They had that in 1.5. I've been looking through their threads and it didn't seem like people had a lot of problems with Heroku. But I, I still would want to push for learning how to do it on an Ubuntu server because that's going to be the better option down the road. Um, something like Heroku is, is, is good, but like it's not something you have much control when it comes to scale. So, I mean, if you're not, if you don't think you'll ever need more than one instance of a server, then yeah, Heroku is probably, uh, probably perfect. But you ever need to deploy to something like a larger, that's a cloud based ecosystem, then I would definitely say try to figure out, uh, in Ubuntu, try to figure out, uh, better ways to deploy it. Not necessarily that Heroku is bad. I don't want to say that Heroku is great, um, but you don't have as much control as you do with AWS. Sure. I just think in terms of somebody getting first getting started, they've never done web development before in their life. And if, especially for iOS developers, you're used to writing something in Xcode and then you hook up your device and literally hit the run button and that's all you need to deploy. I'm not talking about app store deployment, but you just want your thing to run and work and, you know, be able to test it. Something like, like Heroku is pretty attractive compared to having to learn this whole other side of things but your point is well taken that if you're going to start using it for something real where you need scale and and you know all of that then of course no no way around learning how to use the services that are out there for that 
I actually I'm looking at their at Baber's docs right now, and I know they used to have a tab for Heroku. Um, so I don't think it would be too challenging to go back and find somebody's. I, I know Heroku used to be the only uh, deployment option that they offered, but now they have uh, Nginx and Supervisor. Um, so I'm sure you definitely can deploy to Heroku, um, and it probably is pretty easy. I'm actually a little bit. I'm not sure why they would have taken that down. I'll have, to, I'll have to look into finding a Heroku uh, solution and, and maybe we'll put it in the show notes if that's a thing. Yeah, there's actually a, I just Googled it. There's a build pack for Heroku that is on GitHub and I've never actually used build packs, but as I understand, really just point the Heroku command line tool to the build pack on GitHub and it figures out, it, it figures out what needs to be done to use that build pack to make your thing work on Heroku. Yeah. So it looks if I if, you know if their little tutorial here on this GitHub page is correct, it's like one extra argument to the Heroku create function, and then it's as easy as deploying a Node app on Heroku, which is super easy. Sure. Yeah. No. It's definitely always going to be. Hopefully, it should always be easier to deploy to Heroku than pretty much anywhere else. I mean, that's 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 the real advantage of Heroku. So a quick Google of Vapor deployment shows DigitalOcean has an option. I think that's using Docker. So uh, yeah, probably Docker container. You can probably use any number of cloud hosting, Amazon, Azure, that type of thing. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's 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 exactly the the thing. Is I'm uh, compatibility with different services is always going to be you know uh, it's going to change. So I'm not sure I want to speak to what you can and can't do, especially because in whenever this airs might be a little bit time from now and things really can change. Uh, from a couple of weeks, so. Well, very cool. Anything else that we should talk about? Um, uh, no, we can talk about uh, Swift Four. Uh, do you, um, guessing? Did either of you guys go to WWDC this year? We, we were both in the area. Yeah, we were both kind of at AltConf. Yeah, ticketless <laughs> hordes, but uh, hung out at AltConf. So yeah, we were, we were both there, so we were paying attention. Very cool. Uh, you, I'm guessing you guys are excited about Swift Four. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, I think the thing I'm most excited about in Swift 4 itself is the codable stuff. The, you know, really easy JSON conversion to and from JSON for model objects. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or as they say, codable. Yes, codable. <laughs> Chris Latner said it, and I, I can't I, unthink it. Yeah, I can't unhear it. I, saw, I know. <laughs> but that looks really cool. Some of the other stuff seems like it will impact the code I write less than that, but... Well, with uh, with Vapor, from what I'm gathering is most people are assuming that uh, once 4.0 comes out, and it, they're hoping and, and kind of expecting it to be the first real stable build of Swift. And, and at that point, I think that's really when these server-side applications are going to be able to go forward. So be able to take uh, Vapor to another level because you can count on specific uh, code to, to continually function in the way it was intended uh, originally. Oh, sure, um, and yeah. The source stability and, thing is a really big deal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think if 4.0 is a stable build as people are expecting, uh, that could be a really big deal for, for Vapor. Uh, and I think that's when we'll actually start to see things happen on a larger scale, actually see enterprise-level uh, applications. And, and Vapor 3.0, which is, I think they're, they're talking about uh, implementing that next year, is definitely going to be positioned well to take advantage of that. But yeah, and Swift being on, you know, more uh, stable build, it could also possibly be 
on, on more applications. Uh, uh, but I mean, this is just uh, speculation. Um, but if, if you could actually make an easy system to use it on Android, uh, maybe using XML instead of just regular storyboards, things like that, it could really lead to a full stack Swift uh, environment, uh, which would be, I think. No, I think that's the that's one of the things people are going for, you know, using Swift on the on a client app in the back end. They had a mm-hmm. talk at Allcom from someone from a woman from Capital One. Mm-hmm. They're experimenting and they're getting ready to launch uh, one of their back end apps in Swift. And she mm-hmm. talked about that. So it's moving along pretty quickly, a lot faster than I thought it would. So there are starting to be people releasing um, Swift apps with Vapor, um, yeah. even big companies. Well, uh, the thing I think will be the, the 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 takeover of everything is if ever somebody makes a uh, a, a swift vapor uh, conversion to WebAssembly and WebAssembly is actually implemented uh, across the board, uh, I think we could see a, an environment where you have a full stack that has no HTML, no CSS, no JavaScript. It's just all Swift and possibly a XML. Um, I think that could be a very interesting uh, environment to work in, but that's 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 kind of that's out there. We'll see. If You're ready here, folks. Bob <laughs> made the call. Swift is the JavaScript killer. Uh, oh, oh, wow! I'm never going to be able to get another job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, very cool. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's get to the picks. Bob, do you have a pick for us? Um, yeah, if you guys uh, want to check out another great podcast, you want to listen to Turing Complete. They generally talk about JavaScript a little bit more, but it's a really good group of people. Uh, that's uh, that's what I would pick. All right, yeah, put a link in the show notes, and we'll get that. Okay. Or in the Skype chat, and we'll we'll get it in the show notes. Andrew, you have a pick. Yes, I do have a pick, which is pro. I'm sure we've talked about it before, and maybe it's even been picked before. But it's uh, he's not here today, so I can talk him up a little. Uh, it's Guy's WWDC for Mac app. I finally downloaded that, um, you know, last week or something because I wanted to start watching WWDC sessions, and I generally do that on my Mac. And it's just really well done. He's done a great job. I, I know other people have contributed to it, but it's it's primarily his thing, and he's done a great job on making a really nice Mac app that is the app Apple should have made for WWDC on the Mac. Um, and it's open source, so I'm actually working on a on my first pull request for it right now. That's my pick. Excellent. So I'm going to do a repeat pick. I, I picked this number of episodes ago, but it's uh, one person who got together and tried out all the different Swift frameworks and wrote up his talk about it. Or not a talk, a, a blog post on it. So I'll put the link in there. I don't. He was paid by one of the frameworks. I don't remember which one to do it, but it's a pretty good overview. And I think the benefit of Vapor is the community, which it has the most uh, most active community of the other frameworks. Um, actually, yeah, I actually got a chance to talk with the IBM Futura people for a while at Allcom because they had a table there. And um, yeah, we'll probably have them on the show in the future. Trying to get them set up, so that would be cool. But yeah, check out this blog post. It gives a overview of the main four Swift uh, server-side frameworks, so good reference. That's it, I guess. So that's all the time we have on Die Freaks. Yeah, thank Bob, you guys for having for, me on. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. We learned a ton about Vapor and actually got a chance to play with Vapor over the last few days. I I hacked together a Slack bot. Um, by, and by hacked together, I mean I forked it from our repository and changed a few lines of code, but I was <laughs> doing something. 
So just messing around. So that's another thing if you want to get into it really easily. There's a Slackbot uh, repository you just get down there, put in a add a config file and start hacking away, doing cool stuff. And it integrates right with your, your Slack client, which almost everyone has at this point. So that's it. Thank you all for coming and we'll we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.